Last week, we talked about the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ and how we hold on to that hope when our faith is being tested and that the testing of our faith proves the genuineness of our faith and that when others see that, they recognize the hope that we have. Here in verse 13 of chapter 1 and verse Peter, it says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action. I think this is really important. We don't want to just skip over this. We have to prepare our minds for action. I think one of the greatest downfalls we have in our society, in our church culture, is that we have become so comfortable that our minds are not prepared for action. So when we have years like we have in the last year and a half, where we have a co- where we have a COVID pandemic, we have an a, an election that was so disruptive. We had so many riots. We had so many protests. We had all of this unrest in our society that as Christians, I think that many Christians across the country, their minds were not prepared for action. We were couch potatoes, sitting comfortably in our homes, watching our TVs, comfortable with the money we were making, comfortable with the houses that we were in. We were just comfortable going to church, going through the motions, but not prepared for what we had to face, or at least not everybody was. But it is absolutely imperative that we prepare our minds for action. Being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So we have to be prepared for action, holding on to that hope that we have in Christ. Verse 14 says, As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. We cannot conform to the passions of our former ignorance. He's talking about before you were saved, before you knew Christ, before you were redeemed, before you were bought with a price. We cannot be conformed to our old ways. Romans 6 will tell you that we are not a slave to our sin any longer. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? We are dead to the power of sin. Sin has no power in our lives unless we give it that power. We can overcome sin in our lives. We cannot be conformed to the passions of our former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. The idea of being holy is the idea of being set apart. It's the idea of being other than. God is set apart. God is other than. See, when Moses needed to go to Egypt to tell Pharaoh to let God's people go, right? Let my people go. He was scared. And he, he asked God a question. He said, what shall, who shall I say sent me? God's response was to say, I am that I am. Because God is wholly set apart from any other person, any other being, anything else in this universe, God is other than. He is set apart. He is mightier. He is more powerful. He is who he is. He is the great I am. And we're called to be set apart like God. Be holy as I am holy. So how are we holy? What sets us apart? 
This is a struggle for us as Christians because what we often like to do is we often like to take a list of rules, a list of convictions, and we like to say, this is what sets me apart from everything else. This is what sets me apart from everybody else. It's what I wear. It's what I watch on TV. It's what I, what music I listen to. We like to say that's because we go to church, because we pray, because we read our Bibles. That makes us all different than everybody else. But the challenge in that is that if you are saying that you are set apart based on a list of rules and you're just checking the boxes, then you're missing the point because God always goes after your heart. Now, will your conduct be different if you are holy? If you are set apart, will your conduct be different than the world? Absolutely it will. But it's all about heart motivation. We do what we do not to earn favor with God. We do what we do not be holy. We do what we do because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. We do what we do out of love for Christ. And so we become holy. We become set apart when we serve him. It says, you shall be holy for I am holy. So what makes us holy? What makes us set apart? Well, it's right here in the context of the passage. It's the hope that we have in Christ. So when we have years like we have this last year and a half, when we have a global pandemic, how do you respond? Do you respond in fear like the rest of the world? Do you respond in anger like the rest of the world? Do you respond in despair like the rest of the world? Or do you respond holding on to the hope that you have in Jesus Christ? When you look at the political landscape that we are facing, what are you holding on to? How are you any different than the world? If you're going to get caught up in the anger, if you're going to get caught up in the despair, if you're going to get caught up in everything that the media wants you to get caught up in, everything that the politicians want you to get caught up in, everything that the world wants you to get caught up in, if you're going to get caught up in all of that, how are you any different? How are you set apart? We cheapen holiness by making it about a set of rules when the reality is it's about the hope that lies within us. It's about that living hope that we have in Christ. But we are to be holy. How are we set apart? Verse 17 through 19 says, And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with, with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. See, we are set apart in our conduct and how we react to things and in what choices we make, how we react to a world that has been plunged into chaos. And we have to act in the fear of the Lord. Every decision we make has to be based in that fear of the Lord, in that reverence for Him, in the recognition that we need to serve Him, that we need to follow Him. We need to hold on to the truths of Scripture. And yet across the country, you'll see churches caving. You'll see pastors deciding that they, will, they are more willing to sacrifice the truth of God's Word so that they can be liked by the world. That is not holiness. That is not being set apart. We were ransomed. You have to understand what that means. We all know what a ransom is. 
right? You hear the term ransom most often when so, when a child is kidnapped and the kidnappers are asking for money. They're asking for payment for somebody to get their child back. That's what we were. Before you knew Christ, that's what you were. You were a kidnapped child. By your sin, by the prince of the power of the air, the God of this world, there was a price that needed to be paid. That price was more precious than silver or gold. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And yet as Christians across this country, we tend to react in ungodly manners. We cave, we yield to the pressures of our society. We do not stand on truth, but we are called to be holy. For so many years in our country, going to church was just part of the normal. And here in the South where I live, in the Bible Belt, it's still part of our culture. We call it cultural Christianity. And it's one of the worst things that's ever happened to the church. Because the problem is, is that we don't look different than the world. We just go to church as part of the culture. But then when things get hard... And all of a sudden going to church, all of a sudden serving God, all of a sudden being a Christian is not a popular thing to do, you'll start seeing churches cave to the pressure. That's not what should happen. Because we are called to be holy. We are called to be set apart. We are called to conduct ourselves differently. Verse 20, it says, He was foreknown. It's talking about Christ before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sake, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. That's the other thing that sets us apart. It's our faith. It's our hope. It's the object of our faith. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go back to season one where I talk about the object of our faith. But it is the object of our faith that sets us apart. Christ sets us apart. God sets us apart. Because he is like no other. And we are holy. We are set apart when we make God the object of our hope and of our faith. When we place our faith in him, when we place our hope in him, we are wholly set apart from this world. But I think one of the biggest things is what he says here next in verse 22. It says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Obedience to the truth, from a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For, and he's quoting, all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. It's the gospel. But he says that we are to love one another earnestly from a pure heart. We want to make holiness. We want to make being set apart. We want to take verses like, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. We want to take all of this, that we are to be a peculiar people. We want to take this, make it about a list of rules or about how quickly you can read through your Bible whether you can do it in a year or how many times a day you pray. Those are all good things. But we want to make it about all that when what it's really about is the love that we have for each other. That's how the world will know we're different. 
don't believe me? Check out what Jesus says in John 13, 35. It says, Jesus says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if, if you have love for one another. As Christians, we should be showing love for one another. If we want to be holy, if we want to be set apart, if we want to look different than the rest of the world, it's not about how we dress. It's not about what we listen to. It's never been about any of that. It's always been about the love that we have for God and the love that we have for each other. Will we have standards? Will we have some guidelines that we follow in our lives? Will we have truths of scripture that we must obey because they're truths of scripture? Absolutely. But it all stems from the love that we have for God and the love that we have for other. If you want the world to know that you're a Christian, it starts with your love for God and your love for your brother in Christ. And yet what we do instead is we bicker and we fight in our churches. Churches split over disagreement, sometimes as silly as the color of the carpet. I don't know if you've noticed this, but the church in America is dying. The church in America is losing any influence that it may have had. But I think that there's still hope. I think there's hope for a revival. I think there's hope for an awakening in this country. But it's only going to happen if we as Christians, resting in the hope that we have in Christ, are willing to say that I will be set apart, that I will not react the way the world reacts. I will not react in fear. I will not react in despair. I will not react in anger, but I will react in love. Love for God, love for others. I will hold on to the truth of God's word. I will recognize that I've been bought with a price and I am no longer my own, but I belong to God. We're purified, it says here in verse 22, by our obedience to the truth. See, in all of that, on one hand in our churches, we want to go down a path that says that if you don't look like me, you don't act like me, you don't dress like me, then you must not be a good Christian. But on the other hand, we have the opposite end of where we say, well, we just all have to have, we just all have to get along. We all have to have the love and they'll sacrifice truth. But the Bible is very clear to say in Ephesians chapter four, verse 15, that we have to speak truth in love. You see, because the reality is what sets us apart is that hope that we have, but it's also that we have truth an objective truth in a subjective world. And we have to speak that truth and we have to do it in love. Truth without love is just judgmental and harsh. Love without truth is not truly love. It's self-love. So we have to hold on to that hope that we have. And we have to recognize that we are called to be holy. We are called to be set apart. We are called to conduct ourselves differently. We are to be blameless. We are to be harmless. The sons of God. We are to be holy.